March 11th is just around the corner. And on that date, we've got the Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Confessional Piety. If you want to get in on it now, head on over to DoctrineDevotion.com slash conference and register today. It's pretty sing-songy. It was. That's what I do. All right. I right, go. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Where are we at? We are at the dojo. It's the Jofo at the dojo. And what, so what's the dojo? People don't know what that is. All right, the dojo is this wonderful place where uh, men come together and they have this unity of spirit surrounded around. You know, by spirits. So we drink, uh, we smoke, and we fellowship So all together. And it kind of gets hot and sweaty. Um, You're making it sound gross. How's that gross? It's, it's really gross. a lot of fun. If you have the fan, see, you got air circulation going on. So we're in the dojo. We're over in Wheaton, Illinois, recording at our friend Rob's house, actually his garage. And so now we actually get to smoke a cigar while... Recording an episode. Yeah, because we're not allowed to smoke at we're the church. We're not allowed to smoke at the church. Apparently, it is against the law, Pat. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Thanks, Pat. So, um, what are we talking about today? Uh, well, we're going to be talking about decisionism. Okay. But first, before we get that, I want to talk about, uh, like, how are you doing? You haven't even told us how you're doing. I don't, nobody, uh, I, I'm doing, hey, man, I'm doing great. This is awesome. It's, uh, things have been Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. It's you know what's great. also smooth is uh, these new books of yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our fr- yeah right here. If you don't yeah, know Moody's yet. Moody's here. That's, that's Joe Thorne. Joe freaking Thorne has written three new books Let's. on the church. What is it, Joe? The heart of the church, the character of the church, and the life of the church. Why don't you tell us about your three books, Joe? Uh, they're on the heart of the church, the character of the church, and the life of the church. Um, they're, 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 they're pretty good. They're pretty readable. Head on over to drdevotion.com slash three books because now I know you want them. All right. Can we just – now what are we talking – we're talking about decisionism? Decisionism. Or decisionistic regeneration specifically, right? All right. We can talk to, about that. Whatever we, you want to say. Tomato, tomato. So uh, potato, potato. It is an important doctrine, and a lot of people don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, but we got if we're going to talk about this, we need to go back. We want to talk about – the doctrine of regeneration. Before you can talk about decisionistic regeneration mm-hmm. or decisionism, we really need to clarify what we mean when we say regeneration. Well, if I'm going to clarify this, I'm going to go with J.I. Packer. He's good. I he's, like him. He's pretty good. He says that. One second. Oh my. Google J.I. Packer. Yeah. Stop it. We got time. Everyone, no one cares. J.I. Packer said. Regeneration is the spiritual change wrought in the heart of man by the Holy Spirit in which his or her inherently sinful nature is changed so that he or she can respond to God in faith and live in accordance with his will. It extends to the whole nature of man, altering his governing disposition, illuminating his mind, freeing his will, and renewing his nature. Bada bam! That's a good one. That's a good one. It's comprehensive, and what I like about it is that he he lays it out in a way that you could actually walk through this as a study, right? Um, This renewal... Uh, of the person, it's uh, it's his nature, it's his governing disposition, yeah. his mind is changed, his will is freed, uh, his nature is renewed. Like this, th- this is stuff that we could explore in depth. We're not going to do that um, because what we want to do is is keep this relatively simple and point people in the right direction in terms of studying the doctrine. So Packers is good to go a little historic on it. We can quote the New Hampshire Confession. If you look at Article Seven, it says it this way: We believe that 
In order to be saved, sinners must be regenerated or born again. That regeneration consists in giving a holy disposition to the mind, that it is affected in the manner above our comprehension by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in connection with divine truth so as to be so as to secure our voluntary obedience to the gospel and that its proper evidence this is important its proper evidence so the proper evidence of regeneration appears yeah. in the holy fruits of repentance and faith and newness of life so it seems it precedes yes it, it regeneration precedes faith and we're we're, we're going to get to that yeah. what about the 1689 uh 1689 chapter 10 paragraph 1 says this those whom God hath predestined unto life, he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of that state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving to them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills and by his almighty power determining them to that which is good, and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ, yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. All right, so these these are things that anybody should be reading, thinking mm-hmm. through, and studying. And, and in fact, all of these quotes are packed with scriptural references. Yeah. Old Testament, New Testament, from the promise of this doctrine of, of regenerating work by the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel, uh, chapter 36, pointing to the new covenant and what God's going to do uh, when Christ comes uh, to what Jesus taught about this and what the apostles teach about it. It's important for us to walk through these things as Christians so that we understand what it means to be a Christian essentially. Like, what it, what is it that makes a Christian a Christian? In fact, there's this book called The, the, the Life of God and the Soul of Man by Henry Scudder. 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 And that's not. And uh, Scudder in this book, and it's a great book. Everybody should read it. He, he's, he's getting to the essence of what it means to be a Christian. And he says it, it's not about merely uh, having right doctrine, and it's not about how you behave. What it essentially means to be a Christian is that you are, and he quotes Peter, that yeah. you are a partaker of the divine nature. Right? That's how Peter puts it. That the life of God has invaded the soul of man and made us something that we were not. That is regeneration. The, so being born again, like this transformation from this newness of life, this idea of uh, old versus new. Right. And it changes everything. It changes the way we think, the way we feel. And we know this as Christians, yeah. right? We, like, I remember before I was a Christian that I hated Christians. Um, of course, I didn't know, like, these kinds of Christians, right, that... Uh, that I could talk and be real. Oh no, with. these ones I hate. No, these are the these are the good ones. No, what? There's only one good one. Steve McCoy. Steve's in the house. Yeah, and Dad Guerra. Yeah, because he gave he gave me a free cigar today, and a tour of the new cigar shop. I didn't get a so, free cigar, but I got a hug. Yeah, I saw you force the hug on him. It made I did him not very, force un- the made hug. Him very uncomfortable. No, we're very close. Uh, I'm you, the son you, he you, always wanted. You were very close. You were very very close to him. So this is uh, this is a, a comprehensive newness, and so we we remember that, right? Like I I, I didn't like God, I yeah. didn't love God, I, I hated the things of God, and the sins that I was 
the sins that I really enjoyed uh, didn't trouble my conscience. They didn't bother me. But once I was born again, once I was converted, technically, once the Spirit of God regenerated me yeah. through the ministry of the Word, things changed. I began to love the things that I used to hate, and I, used, and I started hating the things that I used to love. And my mind was different. My appetite was different. Everything changed. That's regeneration. It's and your this, desire for God. Your oh, desire yeah. for God. And I would say, like, your trust and faith in God. Of course, that's those are the those those consequential fruits, right? That, yeah. that the New Hampshire talks about. In fact, I can remember. So the first girl to ever tell me about Jesus, her name is Candy Hanslick. She lives in the area. And wait, wait, wait were, were you a Christian? Well, that's not that important. No, I it is. Think, was, yeah. Were no, you well, a Christian no. at the time? When she at the time when she told me about yeah. Jesus? No, of course not. She told so me about Jesus. So was this a ministry of flirt to convert? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it was. She had the spiritual gift of hitting on you. Uh, <laughs> Praise Jesus. She uh, she definitely did. She uh, she we were dating. Uh-huh. We were dating, and then uh, she tried to break it off. And I said, That's "Oh, what I gotta do, baby? Come to church. I'm there." No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. She's like, "Listen, this is it's probably not a good idea. We shouldn't be dating." And I'm like, "I thought you were about forgiveness. Like, why why are you looking at my past?" And she's like, oh, "I guess you're right." So uh, we can. Okay, so hold on then. Now, okay, so it wasn't flirt to convert. It was a, a time when she should have said, get behind me, Satan. It was, uh, listen, I had pentagrams and upside-down crosses in my room. Okay, so yeah, get behind yeah, me, Satan. Yeah, so she, uh, she was, uh, but man, she just kept telling me about the Lord. And mm-hmm. what I couldn't get over was that she genuinely loved God. Like, she wanted to go to church. I'm like, hey, let's go hang out on Sunday. She's like, well, I got to go to church. I'm going to church first. And I'm like, well, skip, don't go. She's like, no, I, I want to go. And I said, you don't want to go. Your parents want you to go. You, like, there's no way you care about going to church. She goes, yeah. I, absolutely. And then she began to tell me how she loves God more than she loves her parents, which I found offensive. But how can you love the invisible man that you can't see more than you love mom and dad who gave birth to you and life to you? And she just kept going back to like, no, God gives me life. God gave me my parents. I, I owe everything to God. And yeah. So the heart that comes with real faith is different than the heart of the unconverted. And so this, what we're talking about, this doctrine of regeneration, if you're yeah. unfamiliar with the term, um, it's, a, it's, it's a theological term that is essentially talking about what Jesus calls the new birth or being born again. We read about that in John 3 when he's talking to Nicodemus. Well, I think we also read about that in Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. uh, verses 1 to 3 say this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. Go. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I didn't know you were going to say something else. All right, all right. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Yeah. So it's God who makes us alive. Yeah. Right? This is a, a divine act. Jonathan Edwards talked about it in terms of a divine and supernatural light yeah. imparted to the soul, right? That's that's what it is. It's this complete change. So we see regeneration there. Yeah. Well, we see it also, I mean, in verse 4 really kind of hits that. Right. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Yeah. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. But it's that, there's that, that word but yeah. that's so beautiful there, that we are dead in our sins. You were once dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. But God, being rich in mercy, 
not giving us what we do deserve because the great love with which he loved us made us alive together with Christ. Yeah, that new life. It's that um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? And that became like one of my favorite verses as a new Christian. Yeah. Well, it still is, but especially as a new Christian where, you know, when God was drawing me to himself before he regenerated me, he was convicting me, pounding my conscience. And I felt I was really beginning to regret so much of my past life and the people that I had hurt, um, the things that I had done. And when I was converted, mm -hmm. that Second Corinthians five seventeen, right? Uh, if anyone is in Christ, right, joined yep. to Jesus. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new, or the new has come. So, like that, you are made new. That God is does this supernatural act and actually changes you. So it's not like the Christian life is not fundamentally uh, uh, embracing a set of propositions. It's yeah. not a lifestyle. It's a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit. And it's that change because I think before you were even talking about with this girl that you're trying to hook up with. I was I was not. I Oh, you were trying to convert I, her? I was not trying to convert her. I was not trying to hook up with her. What was this? I don't know what that is. I'm just talking to the audience. What was this talking about? Well, maybe, 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 maybe in my pagan state there was a little bit of there was a little bit of maybe something'll happen. Maybe something'll happen. All right. But see, but you nothing didn't, happened. Nothing happened. Yeah, Steve, you don't know what that means? I'm not no, we're not doing hand motions here. Oh, I did. You're not allowed to do that. Anymore. I'm allowed to do that. Jimmy one time was preaching. No, stop it. Don't Jimmy do that. one time was no, preaching. No, don't tell the story. And, it's uh, a horrible story to tell. It was, it, so we have, we have preaching lab at our church, right, where we let uh, like, you know, young bloods like Jimmy preach, and we evaluate. So uh, Jimmy's preaching, and, and uh, he, made, was moving. He, he, made, he made a reference to some sort of marital activity of some sort. And he made this bizarre hand motion, <laughs> and it's not the one you're probably thinking of. It, no, it's not. It's that, not, I'm that, not that, one. that crude. No, it was but a this one is this motion. one is weirder. And so he like so if you take your fist, no, don't. And you just kind of hold it out, and then you take your other hand, and if you open it up, and then you you smack the I, palm of your hand against the top side of your fist where your thumb and your finger meet, and then it's go more like a spank. Is you spank it, and then you Twice. and then you and then you make this rotating circular. We'll put up an anime. We'll put up an animated gift. Gift for it so you guys see it. He did that. Okay, but well, here's what I'm trying to get and to. And every all, to all to. the critique was, don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Anyways, back. No one cares about this. Uh, That's my line. That is your line. But here's the thing: is before, as she was trying to convert you, as you were trying to whatever. Uh, you didn't understand what she was talking about. You thought it was dumb. You thought it was foolish. No, I didn't, honestly. What what'd you, what'd you think it was? Though? I thought the more I heard, the more I thought that it was beautiful, the more I thought that it was amazing, but I didn't believe. So I, I rejected Christianity and okay. ha hated Christians until I began to meet them, like real Christians, like Christians yeah. that actually know Jesus, follow Jesus. And so God People brought— People like Pastor Pat and Rob. Yes, actually, though, like, I, well, I met Pat story. after I was converted, but Rob, who's an elder candidate, he's one of the guys that shared the gospel with me. I met these Christians that actually loved Jesus. They were teenagers. And so then I began to want it, but I, but I didn't believe. I, I couldn't believe. And I would even tell my friends, man, I wish that I could wake up and be a Christian in the morning and, and have all of this. And they would say, it's, well, it's too late for you. You, you, mm -hmm. know, you're, you ain't going to believe. And I knew that I wasn't going to believe. God, in order for me to believe, God had to do something. Well, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, right. for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's it's that act of, that invasion of, of the Spirit of God changing the heart, and 
revealing himself to us. And this is what we're talking about when Jimmy mentioned earlier that regeneration precedes faith. So when you're looking at the Christian experience and, you know, so there's this hearing of the gospel, you hear it. There's this general call that goes out, right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then well, a person believes, and then a person, upon belief, they are justified by the grace of God, and then they begin to be sanctified, and one day they'll be glorified. Yeah. What is it that, that leads a person to actually believe? Now, everybody's going to say, well, it's the Holy Spirit that leads us all to believe. But technically, what we want to say is that regeneration, and the verses that you've been reading demonstrate yeah. this, Jimmy, that... The Holy Spirit must change our heart before our heart will turn towards God. Our, we will not believe, we will not love, we will not submit to God until our heart is changed. And we see this in Acts chapter 17 with Lydia. Yeah, yeah. Right? So Paul goes out and he's, he's, he sees these ladies praying uh, and he shares the gospel with them. And what it says of Lydia, right? And Lydia was this, this dynamic woman. She was... Uh, she was a, a wealthy woman, had her own business, like things were going on for her. And she was in this place where she was praying, you know, she was religious. And when it said that Paul was preaching, the text says in Acts that the Lord opened her heart in order for her to respond to the things that were spoken by Paul. Yeah. And so regenerate, we say regeneration comes first because apart from that, we will not believe. We're dead. We're spiritually uh, opposed to God in our hearts, not oriented toward him. Well, and I think the opposite then is that uh, otherwise, and I think we'll t- discuss this in a moment, otherwise what we're talking about then is that it's in our own power, it's our own choosing, it's in our own will right. that we are able to save ourselves. That's the only other option to have. If it's not the work of God, it's our work then. If it's not right. God's work preceding it, if our work is preceded, that means we're taking the first step and salvation is within our own power. Well, and like people that disagree, because there's a lot of people that disagree with us. Yeah. They would say that faith precedes regeneration. Yeah. Uh, guys like, uh, what's that pastor? Uh, I don't know. Rick. Tricky <laughs> Ricky. What's his name, Rick? Tricky Ricky? Uh, Rick? Oh, no, I can't say that. What, what's his can name? Can I say that? Yeah, you can say Tricky uh, Ricky. Well, uh, the Honorable uh, Dr. Rick Patrick. Patrick, right, Rick Patrick, right. So he's one of those guys, and there are some Southern Baptists that are really big on this. They would say, yeah. no, no, faith precedes regeneration. And when you say, if faith precedes regeneration, then th- we put salvation in our power, they're going to say, like, no, we don't believe that. That's not a fair characterization. Mm-hmm. But here's the question. Why does one person believe and another not? Like, why, why did I believe and my father reject for 19 years yeah. while I preached the gospel to him until one day that he did. Did he just get smarter? Mm-hmm. Uh, was he, did he, did he just grow in, in, in his wisdom? Like, was he just more spiritually? Like, what happened? Why did one believe and another didn't? We have to go back to the sovereignty of God in salvation, a God who regenerates, converts, transforms, makes new. That's the promise throughout Scripture, that God saves sinners. And that's all of grace. That's why Paul says that in Ephesians. It's all grace. If God's the one that does the regenerating and saving, it's all grace. So, Joe, March 7th is coming up. Oh, stop. No, March 7th is coming up. It's kind of a big date. You guys, save the date. You know, Don't say save the date. Save the date, guys. don't say that. Uh, On March 7th, what's going to be made available, Joe? Uh, my three books will be available uh, March 7th. You can order them through Moody Publishers, Amazon, Lifeway. Uh, where is the oh, – there's the publisher over there. All right, so the publisher's in the house. So um, <laughs> well, where else? Moody? They go to Moody? Okay, so you, you basically get them anywhere. Can they get them at, like, local gas station, like uh, Book Rack? Probably not. Probably about, not. How about not. Walmart? They get them at Walmart? Thank you like for that. Bookstore. A normal, a any, normal bookstore? Brick and mortar? Yes. 
Okay, so you can find him in online or whatever. Oh man, we were going to talk about something. Yeah, we're going to, but what I want to do say this is we'll save it for later. No, 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 we can't say it right now. Why can't you say it? We'll say it. All right, fine. No, because we got to get back to our thing. Fine, fine. But we are going to. We are going to. Well, big thanks though to Moody Publishers as well as for the church uh, as they're putting out these books. They're great books uh, for anyone that is kind of dumb. <laughs> Not dumb, Theologically but I would say ignorant. I would, no. I would say it's they're they're good, simple books. Uh, very simple. Um, they're not they're not that simple. There booklets. are some complex sentences in there. Uh, and Joe draws a picture for you. Uh, there is a picture. Uh, <laughs> There's a picture in the third but book. No, no, no. They're great books for leadership, for uh, membership orientation, for uh, leadership development. These are great resources for your church to take your leaders through, or your upcoming leaders to, or your new believers through. And so make sure you grab all three. And uh, buy, buy, make them buy, available. Buy extra copies. Buy, I would buy extra copies. Will, will, you would? So you I, will. Am gonna, I am you, buying Are you going to personally buy extra copies just for you? Uh, no, I'm actually going to personally buy extra copies uh, for those that I know would benefit from it. Okay, good. I like that. I like that. Yeah, so Jimmy's well, going to buy a lot. Well, I didn't say a lot. I just, uh, yeah, well, I just gonna, said, you know, Jimmy's gonna some buy extras. All right, so... Let's let's get back to this idea of decisionistic regeneration. Mm-hmm. So what we've talked about is the doctrine of regeneration, God uh, making us alive in Christ, yeah. right? Being born again. It's the work of God. It precedes faith. Now, there's something that's called decisionistic regeneration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the belief that faith or a decision for Christ is what precedes regeneration, that we aren't born again until we believe. Now, we can get into the technicalities, right? Um, it, are we talking about a logical priority or a theological priority when we say that one comes before the other or are we talking about something that's chronological and uh, even reformed theologians will nuance the way that they talk about it Um, I have no problem saying that it is not only a theological priority that regeneration precedes faith but that it is chronological though I don't think that there is any measurable gap or distance between regeneration and faith I think the moment we believe we subsequently immediately, I'm sorry, the moment we are born again, we subsequently and immediately believe in Jesus. But decisionistic regeneration teaches the opposite, right? Yeah, so but then how does this relate to the sinner's prayer? Yeah, and that's really some of the, one of the things that we wind up talking a lot about. Somebody just dropped their cigar ash on their crotch. Did you boop them? Did you boop them? It was not. Oh, who booped I, it? Booped it. Travel booped it. Yeah. Boop. You, you got to say boop. All right, so here's what, here's what we do. Yeah, because this is this is important. If you're if this is for those of you who like to think you're cool when you let the ash on your cigar get too long, go. So when that happens, uh, either Joe or I will get our or camera Travel out, now. or Travel now. One of us is going to get our camera out and start videoing, and the other person on the slide goes up next to you and just taps the ash so it falls all over the place at and the same, and go boop. Yeah, got to make the noise. Got to make the boop. That's what we do. Yeah. So uh, he just got booped. Yeah, that'll teach. That'll Congratulations. teach. Congratulations! Was that your first booping? Hey! Congrats. All right. Well, that's uh, that's almost as funny as the sinner's prayer. So let's. Uh... <laughs> all right. Well, but Joe, but Joe, uh, the right, sinner's look. prayer is 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 it's such a blessing to the church. Yeah, it's become a. I mean, sa- I, a... I now know that I'm a believer because I said uh, this I know, prayer. That, that's I, mean. I was walked down the Romans road. Uh, I received a booklet on the four spiritual laws, mm-hmm. and I came forward and I said, "Yes, yes, I believe." And uh, that—that's—that's that's basically. Look, let, let's let's establish something, right? Uh huh. Okay, it's called the sinner's prayer. Sinner's prayer. Okay, sinner's pray. That's a good thing. That, that's a great. That's thing. not a bad thing. That's not bad. Sinner's pray, and we should do an episode on does God hear the prayers of non Christians? We should that's do a, a whole episode on that. Ooh, that's um, good. 
Because I'm, the answer I'm, is I'm, yes, I'm, because uh, no. he hears no everything. Spoiler alert! So Stop it! Don't be stupid. But um, the sinners pray. We are all sinners here, and uh, we pray, and that's that's a good thing. That's that's not what we're talking about. the The sinners' prayer is an idea. It's 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 a it's a concept. It is a custom. It's a ritual. It's a tradition. Yeah. That is built on a specific theological construct. Okay. So. The idea is, and if I'm, if I'm being charitable here, yeah, yeah. the idea is when an evangelist or anyone is preaching the gospel, and you're, you're preaching the gospel, let's say we got, I don't know, 15 or 16 people in here in the garage, in the dojo, mm-hmm. and if I'm preaching the gospel, I want these fools to believe in Jesus. That's, yeah. that's what we all do. We want everybody to believe in Jesus. So we say, Jesus died on the cross for sinners. You're a sinner. Um, and if, well, if you're Arminian you just, or a general Atoma guy, you say, Jesus died for you, yeah, yeah. And, and you need to believe in Jesus who died for you and for your sins. And if you believe and repent of your sins, you're, you're going to be saved. Now what? I've, I've made the invitation. I've made the call. So the sinner's prayer is how to, quote, close with Christ. That's the language that's used. Seal how, the deal. How do you seal the deal? How do you actually help them move from unbelief to belief? Mm-hmm. And so by, to help them move, you say, here's an opportunity. You can come forward, though that's not essential. You can pray a specific prayer. Frequently, it's modeled. Pray with me. Pray yeah. after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I take you into my heart. Like marriage vows. Yeah, yeah. Um, I take you into my heart. Uh, forgive me of my sins. So they, they pray this uh, led prayer, accepting Jesus into their heart, which is not a biblical idea. And once they've prayed this prayer, what does the evangelist do? What, what do they normally do after that? What do they say? You are uh, you are saved. That they 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 pronounce absolution. Yeah. They 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 declare them to be Christians based upon their prayer. Yeah. And they'll even say, "Did you pray it? I prayed it. Did you mean it with your heart? Absolutely, I meant it." Then they say, "You are now new in Christ." They essentially, based on that one moment in that one ritual, they give them an assurance of salvation that is yeah. based upon an act, not faith itself. That's the concern. So the, and in fact, I was at a, I heard Luis Palau one time, he's a famous evangelist mm-hmm. and he, uh, he was preaching the gospel and, and it, thousands of people. And he said, all right, if you want to receive Jesus now, uh, now that's a biblical idea, receiving Christ. If you want to receive Jesus, pray this prayer with me. So we led them in a prayer, crowds praying. And he says, now, if you prayed that prayer and meant it in your heart, raise yeah. your hand, all these people's raised their hand. And then he raised his hand and say, your sins have been forgiven. So the intention is great, the goal is great, the, the motive is great, but it is confusing because you are essentially saying you know you're a Christian because you prayed a prayer and meant it instead of saying you know you're a Christian because you trust in Jesus Christ. And this is not semantics. This is not wordplay. Mm-hmm. This is a real problem because the danger of the sinner's prayer is an increased number of false converts, people yeah. that think they're believers. So you're still saying, though, and I, I would agree with you, that uh, even as, I'll use the word poorly, or uh, as poorly of a system that is, God has still used that in a way that has yes. called people to himself. God uses screwed-up presentations yep. of the gospel all the time. He uses yours, he uses mine, he uses the sinner's prayer. Uh, God converts sinners, and so even when we jack it up, God is still sovereign. Yeah. Uh, people get saved in the Roman Catholic Church, even though the official dogma of the Roman Catholic Church is opposed to the gospel. Yeah. 
as we understand it. Um, and so yet, when, when there is enough truth being proclaimed, people may be converted by the power and the grace of God. So it's not, we're not saying that it can't be used, and there are better ways of doing it, and there are worse ways of doing it. Yes. The whole, this whole thing of, of the sinner's prayer and coming forward, and we talked about this recently on the event, on the, what was it, the revival episode? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's been out yet. Charles, so Charles Finney, um, the ugliest evangelist to ever live, he, um, he was the guy that made this idea popular of coming forward Yes, to make a decision for Jesus, and it was it was happening before then. But man, eighteen uh, hundreds Charles Finney, that's the guy. The and sinner's chair, the hot seat, the hot seat, the anxious bench. Um, so, the the danger really is leading people to a place where they think they're a Christian because they did something, yeah. rather than because they trust someone. And so, like this, we'll just use an example. The Southern Baptist Convention is the denomination that we're a part of, or the yeah. convention, if you will, that we're a part of, and we boast about. Uh, 16 million members. We have 16 million members in our denomination. It's pretty good. That's great. That makes us the largest Protestant denomination in the world. Mm. On Sunday, we only have 6 million. Oh, where are the rest of them? They, they ain't in church. They ain't reading their Bibles. They're but we not, can still count them. Though, the, oh, yeah, because we, we like to count. We, yeah, membership that's role. exactly what it is. So, and and it's because I, I'm absolutely convinced it's because we've done this easy believism, sinners' prayer. It's really it's, it's become a sacrament, right? Yeah. Like if you just if you just go through this, if you do this, and if you mean it with your heart, then you're in. You're good. You've, and I think you've done and I think that's another danger of it. Then I think it it kind of puts a lot of emphasis on the preacher themselves to be wise, to say the right things, to have this good formula, to be con- convincing enough uh, to draw people together, draw people forward. Yeah, sorry. I was in the middle of something. Yeah, he was in the middle of something. I'm sorry, I thought we were having a I, conversation. I, I was listening. I was tracking with you. I, I think it, not only does it put an unfair amount of pressure on the preacher to do the convincing, but it also puts this different kind of pressure on people. Like it's it's typical for Baptists uh, to say like all right we we've, we've done our three songs we've had our sermon we did our offering we passed out the grape juice you know now at the end I'm gonna give you a chance to come forward and get saved so they play just as I am and uh, they put it on a loop and they invite people to come forward and nobody's coming forward so he just keeps inviting he keeps, keeps inviting. inviting and people feel this pressure to come forward not necessarily to trust in Christ well because it's awkward. Oh, yeah. It's just an awkward moment now. Someone's got to come forward. Or then they change it up and say, why don't you recommit yourself? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's coming forward. They're like, all right, who wants to rededicate themselves? Who wants to rededicate themselves now? All these fools need to rededicate themselves, right? Especially Steve McCoy. (laughs) Because they are like One day uh, you'll know Jesus, Steve. Better. I'm praying. Better. He'll better. Know, he knows him. You just know well, him better. I'm going to flirt to convert that dude. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's definitely the fofo role right there. We have... We, we all desire revival and, and to grow in grace. And so this idea of recommitment and coming forward, it just plays itself out in really bizarre ways. Now, what we're not saying when we say decisionistic regeneration is unbiblical, yes. we're not saying that making a decision for Christ is unbiblical. Because essentially, when you repent of your sins, you're making a decision. You're turning from yeah. self and selfism to Christ. But you're, the difference is that you're empowered by the Spirit of God to be able to, to make that decision. Right, and your assurance is not based on your decision. Yes. It's not based on the past. It's based upon Christ, who is your hope right now. So, like, one of the questions I love to ask people, especially people that have been a Christian a long time, is how do you know you're a believer? And I ask people this. I know Pat does most of our—Pat does all of our— Pat does all member, the work. All of our member interviews. Well, no, he does the, all the work. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. 
Well, no, like all the work. I, I, do, I, I preach most Sundays. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so there you go. I do that. I just do everything else. Pat does everything else. You do everything else, and even the preaching. I mean, like, you prepare his notes for him. No, he doesn't. No, no. I mean, you're not, no. you may not be presenting the sermon, but you, you know. There ain't no Cyrano it. de Bergiac thing going on here. That's not happening. I mean, no one would do that, have somebody else prepare their notes for them to preach on. Okay. Are you talking about docent? Yeah. Okay. Um, we, that'll be another podcast. So anyway, um, what, we talk, what was I talking about? It's not about, like, we're not saying that. It, oh, yeah, so you make, make a decision. decision. Yeah. People make it, like, we repent. We, we do. We choose Christ, but we can't do that until the, the Spirit wakes us up. And so what I ask people is, is, like, how do you know you're a Christian? And what oftentimes they do is they'll say, like, oh, well, when I was seven or when I was 15, yeah. I made a, I, it's like, all of that's irrelevant. That's not how you know you're, you don't know you're a Christian because of anything that you experienced in the past. That's right. You know you're a Christian because why? Because Christ is your hope. Because you believe, uh, because you trust, because Christ is at work in you, because you can see these fruits of regeneration. It's not about what happened in the past. And so that is a concern for mine. So we want to encourage people to make a decision to yeah. repent and to believe. Uh, and so that's what we do. But so if that's what we're saying, like that we want to call people to make a decision to yeah. repent, to believe. If we want to call people uh, to trust in Christ and to flee from the wrath of God. How do we do it? How do we close with Christ if we don't have some kind of sinner's prayer so that we can make it real simple for him? Well, I mean, I just think that we faithfully present the gospel. We faithfully, every week I'm talking about now, you know, for sermons uh, uh, on Sunday mornings, I think we, we continually call people to repent of their sins. Oh, are you lighting your cigar? Now? I'm lighting my cigar. Wait now, but yeah, okay. So they repent of their sins. They repent. You of their call sins. them. You call them to believe in Christ. You call repentance them repentance and faith. Re- yeah. So, so I mean, but are you asking like, do we ask people to come forward, or is that what you're asking? Like, how do we close it? How how so if we reject? Do we have people maybe mark something on a card? I, that, none of that sounds right to me. I, I we don't do that at Redeemer. I don't like that. But do we every every sermon at Redeemer, the gospel is preached. Yes. And people are, are called to repent. repent and believe. I had a woman come up to me one time after the service, and she's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. What do I do? Let's and I, do I said, you're ready for what? She goes, to be a Christian. I said, great. Repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. And she goes, now what do I do? Keep repenting of your sins and believing in Jesus. Read your Bible. Stick around. Invest in the community. Like The grace of God's going to grow in your life. When I see somebody converted, like when my dad was converted, yeah. I'm excited. It's a great story, I'm, man. I'm, you got to tell that story. I'm excited. Well, my dad, he was converted. Anyways... I was excited you know what? You about. You gotta work with me here. Like, I'm trying, like, like this is a great story. Of all right, the so faithfulness my, of God. All right, so my dad, my dad was, uh, my dad, old school, like, uh, not the, he was like the strong, silent type. Never complained. Worked hard. A very good man in the society. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. People looked up to him. Honest, hardworking, all that. And uh, everything Joe's not. That's right. He's he is. I'm the anti Jim. His name is Jim. So my dad, uh, I became a Christian, and he was happy for me because I wasn't so dark and all of that. Uh, but when I would share the gospel with him, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. He found it interesting. But when I would say, like, what about you, Dad? Yeah. What about your sin? He was like, ah, I think I'm going to go watch the Bears, you know, or whatever. And he would get up and leave. Um, so I preached the gospel to him as whenever I could, good conversations for 19 years. He started coming to church once we planted a church. And he was there every Sunday. He loved the people. My mom loved the people of the church, but they didn't love God. Mm. But eventually, as, as he kept hearing the gospel... He began to not only experience conviction, but eventually God opened his heart and he responded to the things that are promised in Scripture. And he told me one day, I said, how are you? And he says, I I think I believe. Hmm. I I think I believe. And I said, that's awesome. So I was excited for him. Yeah. 
but I don't get pumped until I start to see the fruit. That's when I get really excited. My dad starts reading Keller and, and he's, he's, he's reading theology and books and, and I ca- and try getting involved in community, right? Get joining the community group, doing all that stuff. Yep. And this, you know, he's an, he's an, he was an older man, rituals and routines already established. He's breaking all of that up and, and going in a different way. His, his affections changed. Like there were, and I can't talk about them, but there were certain things that I yeah. could see dramatically changing him. And then he started reading the Bible. He finally, he, was, he didn't want to read the Bible. He was afraid he'd mess it up. And he just read through the Bible over and over again, just devouring it. Mm-hmm. And all of this while he has Huntington's disease. He shouldn't even be able to read and concentrate on books, but God just gave him grace to do that. So I get excited when there's fruit. That's when I really get yeah. pumped. So decisions are great. We should note them, celebrate them, and watch them and, and, and guide them and, and, and guard them as they're uh, being made into disciples. So I think the way that we close with Christ is to encourage people to repent and believe. That's it. Repent of the gospel, believe in Christ. And when they come up and talk to you, then absolutely talk with them. Yeah. Well, what, what is your only—do you, do you believe that Christ can save? Do you believe that you're worthy of death and hell? Do you believe that, that Jesus alone— can make you clean. Yes. Do you do you believe? They'll they know if they believe or yeah, they don't. That's right. And yes, you can pray with them. Please pray with them. Pray for them. Pray over them. But don't let them think that praying a prayer is is the is means by which them. that's yeah. going to regenerate them. It just doesn't work that way. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to our website, click on the contact us page, fill out the form. Uh, send us your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions. You can also hit up the sign-up page. You can sign up for our email list where we will uh, soon it's gonna be, be good. putting out some weekly content just for our email subscribers. Hey, listen, we're like at like 1,800-something. Ah, email yeah, list. something like that. It's small. You sign, small up. You sign up. Small potatoes. L- listen, if we bigger get than the, other podcasts, I'll, though, I'll, I'm I'll sure. tell you, oh, oh, I know some podcasts were bigger than. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say. I don't want to say it out loud. But I'm just saying, like, I've looked at the Twitter account of some other podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And I saw one. It had, like, 80-something. 84, I think. 80, was it 84 And then it went now? down to 83. Yeah, it went down Because you unsubscribed. You unfollowed. I, I, I saw you do it. <laughs> down to 83. Man, that was poor Ed. I mean, no. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so <laughs> sign, if we, I'll tell you what. If we get to 2,000, we're going to start doing something special. There we go. Get um, us yeah, 2000. Uh, you can leave us an honest five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Articles on our blog every Wednesday. Future Friday. Special content coming for our email subscribers soon. Later. Later.